0: Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All-Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and
1: Tex. Welcome Welcome back, John. Thanks for having me. You're welcome anytime, my friend. Thanks. You're such a good guy to have me on Power Athlete Radio. Oh, you mean the show that we co-host? That's that is correct. I have a question
0: that's going to help put this listener hotline question in context, John. Ooh, please, lay it on me. Did you ever take a formal debate class? I understand you were a rhetoric <laughs> major. Yes. But did was there a component of that education experience in which you had to a moderate a debate or two, participate in said debate? Yes, and yes. Excellent. What was that learning experience? I know you were a part of argument as the youngest brother. And did that formalize the introduction of arguing as a son of a lawyer? Or was it uh, old hat, old game
1: when you walked into it? Uh, It probably comes from my brothers. I mean, obviously, my dad constantly cross-examined us. (laughs) And uh, would fucking pepper us with questions and catch us in terrible lies and then just fucking hammer us. But uh, give you enough rope to hang yourself. Yeah, he'd he'd be like, "Uh, oh, your mother said you helped today. You'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I did. He's like, no, you didn't. You know, like just constant shit. So, um, but like I think the arguing thing comes from just growing up with brothers, playing you know pick up basketball and sports and whatnot, and just always fucking scrapping over everything. Um, But yeah, when I went to Berkeley, obviously I was a rhetoric major, which I've mentioned way too many times before. But we did have some really interesting formal debate classes. And I'll give you a small little preview or just a, a little antidote of how it came to really benefit me. So, um, as I was finishing up my undergraduate rhetoric, I was going to apply to the uh, Graduate School of Education for my fifth year. So I had to take some education classes to be eligible for that course. So I took some ed classes and one of the classes was called Education 190, Democratic Education. So I signed up. I thought it was an interesting class. So I signed up for it. Walk in the first day, and the professor stood in there, and the professor puts this out to the class. Uh, I want you guys, as a democratic, you know, uh, like as a, a test for democratic education, I want you guys to sit as a group and come up with the, with the prerequisites or the standards that you would like applied for this course for final grading. So I take a deep breath and I'm like, fuck, yes. I'm going to use all my rhetorical skills, everything I know, to manipulate the fuck out of this. So I get in there and, uh, you know, as we're kind of breaking up into small groups, I kind of raise my hands and I was like, hey, you know what? Um, I really think that education should be something without pressure and being able to take individuals and really teach to those that want to be involved. So I think what we do is we re- we remove the chains, remove the bonds of grading on this very first day, grant everybody in the class an A, and then we will see who comes and participates and has an active role in this course. So let's just do a test, let's remove all grading by just giving everybody an A the first day. And uh, I mean obviously it was a lot more eloquent, I'm kind of hacking it up, but I pitched this whole thing and all the students were like, yes, and the teacher's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, all those in favor. Everybody raised their hands. I'm like, that's it. Everybody gets an A. And uh, the teacher was like, Slam the fuck. And so they uh, like, talked to me after. And I was like, you know what? I think it's a really excellent approach. If we remove the pressure of grades, we're really going to get to see who comes voluntarily and who contributes into this course. And uh, needless to say, everybody there that first day all got an A. Uh, half of the class never showed up again. Shut up. I showed up. It was like a two day week, like, you know, uh, one and a half hours. I still got to get up. It was, you know, yeah, three hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it was a, it, it was a four unit class, but it was only three hours a week. And, uh, I really actually enjoyed it and it was kind of fun to go in and I, I still wrote the papers and did everything, but half of the class never showed, never handed anything in, didn't, and any still guy. got an A and still got an A. If I was that teacher, I'd say halfway through, like, Revote process. We selected. Exercising our democratic. I felt kind of guilty doing it. Uh, And then, you know, if I didn't show up, I'd feel even more guilty. So I just showed up, uh, took the class, did well, still got my A. And then the best part about it is I told my faculty advisors about it. And so then they were like telling all the students, be like, hey, you got to get in this class. You can be an easy A, easy A. And then they changed the curriculum the following year. That it was based on like attendance and all this other stuff, so I basically ruined that class. But I did get four units of upper division A, which you know, um, I I was stoked to get that. Well, you earned it on one day, one Mm -hmm. powerful speech. (laughs) Well, I was like, hey, don't put a rhetoric major in your education class. And today's hotline question, in which I need to read,
0: are. Coach is in a moderating position between our strength coach is in a moderating position between the athletes and then the sport coach. So we got an interesting dynamic here. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Yeah, lay it on me. All right, so we get to decide athlete side, coach side, and then the
1: moderation. This is going to be a fun one. I think you're going to enjoy it. All right. I always enjoy all these episodes. I love the crew ones. Me too. And and I love the uh, the long form guest ones. I mean, I love everything
0: about Power (laughs) Athlete Radio.
1: What do you think of my era? It's Slick? <laughs> God damn it, maple syrup. It's a power the radio, the maple syrup uh, uh, podcast. Write
0: that down, Pinguino. All right. I'm going to moderate a discussion between a club sports team tonight at my gym. They have been training at my facility for about three years. Excellent group. Sport coach is focused on practices and games and skills and has not adopted non-traditional coaching components like team building, or conflict mediation when I brought this idea up to them their response was sure if you want to I feel this team is in a critical moment the pressure of advancing skill and performance without the team building or brother sisterhood component so valued by athletes I feel the pressure weighing my athletes down my question for you is Do you have any good management tips for controlling the tempo, emotion and direction of the conversation I'm leading between my athletes and their coach? We're going to have a rule that only the athlete with the mic can talk. And if you want to say something, you have to have the mic in hand. I mostly want to keep the conversation constructive and help the coach hear their athletes needs
1: and concerns. Lots to unpack. To quote Mr. Rob Wolf, um, yes. All right. Uh, I think in terms of a, like a moderator style, you know, making sure that each person gets to be heard and the person with the mic, you know, allows their time. What I would do is I would set a three minutes. Mm. You have the mic set a three minutes because what will happen is, uh, for the most part, people will get out what they want to say within three minutes. If you give them more on un- it, um, um, like open ended, it'll just turn into a bitch fest. Yeah. And so what you don't want to do, and this is you know, all, all too often in debate, and especially with moderating debates, uh, there needs to be a set of questions by the moderator to ask the students, being like, hey, you know, here's a set of questions that are very, very factual. So then you give them, you know, if they get the mic, you got three minutes to respond, and you keep it within the factual, and you don't get into this like, emotional place where it's just, you, know, you never did this to me, you don't like me, and it just gets into this really negative place and I think in the kid's mind, they're thinking this is somehow going to help us. Um, I don't know if it will. Um, the issue today, and, and I'm, I'm not a sport coach um, in a high school, even though I did get hit up by a private high school here in Austin to come and coach their offensive line, which I think I might go out and help out a little bit and maybe potentially, who knows, we'll see how that works. But I think all too often, especially in today's environment, where there's so much like dynamic situation. I mean, it's just so so, like volatile in a lot of ways that as a, as a sport coach, it might just be easier just to deal with the X's and O's, coach them in practice and coach them on game day and like not involve yourself too much within their life. Now, uh, I know this from college, that our, you know, my offensive line coach and our head coach, you know, we, uh, we interacted with them, but we interact with our strength coach so much more. Mm-hmm. I think the strength coach really builds uh, the character. I mean look at what uh, Aaron Osmus and these guys are doing at these different universities. I mean they are the ones that are in there molding these kids because they're putting them through these envir- uh, these workouts and putting them in an environment day after a day, consistency. And these guys have an entire game plan put together and they really become the you know the boots on the ground, so to speak, for that coach. So I think the fact that our you know, uh, you know, our contributor on this, who's asking this question, is a strength coach, trains with these kids, sees them in these different, uh, you know, environments and then also has seen them grow. I think he's the natural person that they're coming to with some of these gripes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, uh, you know, as a strength coach, well, it is the a best, good sign that they well, are, it, well, yeah, that, that he's regained their, or he's gained their trust. I think what I would do as this individual is I would ask the kids to be like, Hey, what, what are the problems you see? You know, is this like, you know, because we're not going out and paintballing and doing team building, like, what are the gripes? What are the problems? And then I think you as the strength coach have to present that to the coach and like, hey, here's some of the problems. These kids want a voice. They want to be addressed. And this something that you're open to. And if he's like, hey, man, I just want to coach the X's and O's. I don't want to deal with this shit. Then, you know, nothing you're going to say is going to make him want to do this. I mean, the fact that he, that he was like, sure, sounds good. You should do this. Like it's, I I think this is the present situation we're in where, you know, who knows how this thing will go down and, uh, it very well might end up with him being fired. Yeah. And from there, that sport coach's perspective, this is his career.
0: It is his job. And I know he's putting the pressure on the athletes to win probably because he's
1: feeling it X fold. Yeah. And the club sport. It, I mean, done uh, like, uh, you know, as you coach the lacrosse kids, I mean, camaraderie happens obviously within the confines of the game, within the sport. But that whole off-season training thing, I mean, that's where the camaraderie is. Oh yeah. And so, a lot of times, a lot of sport coaches don't. I mean, I'll tell you this: I, when I was in college our sport coaches weren't even in the weight room when we were doing morning conditioning and like a lot of the stuff we did with Todd Rice, he just threw them out because he wanted to have, he, he didn't want them to interject. Oh yeah. So I think it that there's has a lot since become an NCAA rule yeah. in which those sport coaches may not participate. Yeah. So there's a definite reason and his job is to drive that culture and provide them to. So I'd be interested to see what these kids gripes are or what the, if their gripes or problems or, Um, you know, legitimate things that they feel are splintering their team. And I think I would ask these kids being like, hey, if if you're going to speak, I need you to write these out ahead of time because I need to frame these in such a way that gives you uh, a good voice and doesn't turn into this like emotional appeal where, you know, it just turns into a bitch fest. There's nothing worse than being in a debate, moderating debate or being on one side of the debate when all of a sudden it gets into in hominem attacks and you get into like this personal bitch where, you know, you've wronged me somehow. And you're like, well, I can't debate that because that's a feeling. This is an emotion. Uh You're giving me an emotional response. And the only way that I can beat this is by telling you your emotion is wrong, which fucking people cling to emotions more than do cling to facts. And I think having that coach there, um, you know, then the other thing that you would have to worry about, and I don't know if kids understand the long game, they're like, well, he's not doing this for me. Okay. You know, how does that negatively impact these kids later on? Because nobody wants to sit there and be berated by a bunch of fucking teenagers. Oh, no.
0: And this goes for both sides. It's what they are saying and what the other side is hearing. So if, and that's why I like your point, John, to have the athletes write out their gripes so they are prepared to speak within that three-minute window, to then it becomes a a point on your whiteboard that then can be addressed and the coach hears that versus... Uh, uh, sees
1: the pointing finger and the claws out. And and then all of a sudden it gets defensive. Uh, A lot of times in situations like this, and I've been in these situations, uh, there has to be something to action. Like, you don't like me. Like, uh, that's an emotional response. If you were like, hey, you were late for practice, that's something I can change. Uh, You know, we need you here more in the weight room so that we have a better connection with you. These are all things that can be easily fixed and very remedied and who knows maybe the strength coach is like i didn't think you guys wanted me here or i'm sorry the position coach or he very well might be like hey i got a family and i got kids i got another job i have all of these commitments this is who i am and as much as i'd love to be at your training sessions uh i have some other commitments like i'm paid just to coach you guys and push you through practice within these hours of the day these things outside the realm of my time and who knows, I mean, he could be a barista at a local coffee shop and all of a sudden he's like, dude, I'm over there making badass Americanos and you guys want me here when you're training. Uh, you- that is that is a good gig for side hustle. Maybe this coaching thing's a side hustle. Maybe he is
0: a formal coach at a high school or community college or college and then this is his club side hustle Yeah, because he's not making enough money at said job and he needs this and this is his opportunity to get these high-performing, Athletes versus the schlubs that are going through his school district?
1: Well, um, I think being able to have, uh, you know, civil discourse with these kids and be able to talk them through like, hey, this is who I am. You know, these are the, you know, problems that I see and this is what I'm encountering on a daily basis and this is what I'm dealing with, I think would humanize it and actually, you know, kind of create a bond. So uh, I think coming in... Um I wouldn't put myself in the position of moderating this if it turned into something negative or if it turned into like a, a you know a bitch fest and got super emotional. I would tell them be like, "Hey, I need you guys to write out questions, uh, you know, or things that you're going to say ahead of time. I need you to stay in the factual and not take this to the emotion. The minute you grab the mic, you got 3 minutes. And then you give the coach time to respond, but you don't necessarily limit him to 3 minutes. So you limit the kids who are coming at him, but you, know, you give him five or 10 minutes to respond, and uh, from there, you just have to make sure that you keep everybody on track. And because these kids are gonna be in this situation whatnot, it's gonna be emotional, so you have to constantly remind be like, hey, I need you guys to remove the emotion out of this, and put your fucking phones away. Oh yeah, be present. Yeah, be present. Right, be yeah, respectful. Don't take your notes on your phone. Have well, no, them write it. Uh, yeah, write it down. Bring a notepaper. Leave your phones outside. Stop fucking uh, videoing it and you know texting your friends and doing all that stupid shit. That all that does is take away and makes it disingenuous. I know if I was a coach, and let's say they, you know I went in and worked with some offense alignment at a high school, and I was in there talking to them, and I looked and I saw these kids on their phones, uh, dude. Uh, like my kids know. I'm like, hey, if uh, my kids have um, what are they, iPods? And uh, I'm like, dude, don't bring those to the table. If we're having a conversation, I see you pick it up. I'm going to fucking lock it in my safe for a month. So I think being present, um, you know, not letting it get to uh, this emotional state where like you've wronged me. Where, you know, the teach or the, the coach or whoever it is can't necessarily come back from those things. Like if you say you don't like me and I'm like, well, I do like you. Well, that's not how I feel. I don't know how you're feeling, but uh, what have I done to make you dis? I mean, like, it turns into this kind of like back and forth thing. And, uh, um, you know, unless the coach has the balls to be like, no, I don't like you. My high school football coach fucking did not like me and told me a year later uh, after I graduated and came back, he's like, I've I've never liked you. I was like, well, uh, that's great. I wish you would have told me fucking day one. I would have not tried to like win you over, you know?
0: Yeah. And they, the, the, the sport coach, he is giving their attention. He's holding them to a high standard, I imagine. So maybe he's not doing his best to communicate why he's holding them to a high standard because he sees potential in there, right?
1: Yeah, I mean... With, he's giving them attention. Well, without seeing the list of questions. Right. And so, I mean, if, if uh, our strength coach moderator reaches out to these kids and like, hey, I need you to come up with three bullet points. These are the, pro- or these are the situations that are arising bring them back and look at it and make an adult decision of like, is this going to be constructive or is this going to negatively impact these kids by this coach feeling attacked by a bunch of like an homonym or uh, personal attacks on this guy has. My
0: question is, has the, the moderator, the strength coach observed said practice?
1: Well, he said that the coach doesn't necessarily come to well, his the, training has, sessions. I
0: understand that the sport sure. coach, uh, doesn't observe the strength, but has the strength coach observe the sport? Oh, that I don't know. Because then we have a, a guise of how this sport coach is communicating. Uh, I think our coach here w- goes to the performances, but my question is, do they go to the practices?
1: Um, yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, but at the end of the day, um, you know, like, uh, so and this is where I break from this. Um, I wasn't ever looking for anybody to inspire me. Like I was never looking for, you know, like I always, uh, you know, made the joke, you know, uh, whenever you, you hear me talk about coaches, they're usually dudes that were standing out there with whistles screaming at me while, while I was sweating. Breakdown. Yeah, yeah. breakdown. And, um, but for the most part, I reserved that coach for people like Rafael Ruiz. You know, people that uh, want to push you. To levels that you never thought you could get there, and help you get there, show you that you can do things that you did not think was possible. And like when I think of like a coach, for example, that's what I think of. I think of the Rafael Weezes, not just necessarily the guy that sits there and gives me the X's and O's, uh, or you know, puts me in a certain position, but somebody that inspires me to do more than I thought was possible. It very well might be that this coach is like, uh, it's too time-consuming. And I'll probably end up getting fired and sued for something if I try to inspire these kids. So I'm just going to keep it nice and vanilla. I'm going to coach them. I'm going to you know, hold them to a high standard. And I'm going to be there on game day. And I'm not going to be involved you know, in these kids' personal lives. Possibly. And maybe empowerment is not a skill of theirs
0: either. So they trust in their confidence, their ability to focus on the
1: skills, the X's and O's. Did you want to be inspired when you were, uh, like, like I'm, I'm thinking back in high school. Like, I, I wanted to succeed in spite of people. I wasn't necessarily, like, like, I can't look back and say, hey, I had a high school football coach or somebody that inspired me to be greater. I mean, other than maybe Zangus. Uh, the t- I,
0: I leaned more on my friends than looking and seeking approval from said sport coach. Mainly because I knew we, we wouldn't get it from our staff. So I I guess had the social intelligence enough to lean on friends first. And that's why we even started our lacrosse team because we felt that we weren't getting our opportunity as football players. So we found our own opportunity to win and then found a coach that was seeking our best, looking for us to become the best versions of ourselves versus looking for a scapegoat to buy their time to maintain their job. So the, the politics of athletics got, I feel I was a victim of, but then we were able to not just what was me, we found a way to
1: to transcend.
0: Yeah. But Uh, that, that was, that was our, our moment. So
1: well, what's more important to be inspired or to have a coach that technically guides you in such a way that allows for your performance to be at the highest level? Well, that's where I feel the sport and the strength coach, as you rec- as,
0: as laid out in the, the college realm, the strength coach, we have the barbell, we have the moment of weakness in which, oh, crap, I failed at 225. Then the strength coach gives you an op- another cue, direction, opportunity, for then you to find it within yourself to lift said weight. In that tool, that confidence, then you take into practice. So when my harsher sport coach – or more demanding parent, I have the, the tools as an athlete given to me from my strength coach and the barbell to then get back on the platform or back in the batter's box to take my next hack at this and just create opportunities. So it's, it's the next rep mindset that the barbell teaches that we then apply to practice sport practice to earn the opportunity for game day.
1: Do you think these kids are expecting too much of their sport coach? Possibly, but, man, I I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know the kids. Without being a fly on the wall and, and hearing the – I mean, but I'll tell you this, uh, for our coach moderator, I would not go into this blind. I would go into this and be like, you know, if you plan on speaking, I need you to write me three bullet points and know that I'm going to give you three minutes to talk. Um, I, I want you to keep it factual. I don't want you to give into the emotion. I don't want you to, you know, paint – Uh, pictures of what you think, whatnot. keep it very, very factual. And for the most part, this is still your coach. So there has to be a level of respect. And if you attack him, this is going to negatively affect you. So be smart in how you do this. And I think his job is to shepherd them across this dangerous river that they're entering and uh, make sure that it's very civil and the coach has uh, opportunity to respond. Oh yeah. And my,
0: my question, and I don't know the answer to this, who's paying your bills strength coach like is this coming from is the sport feeding you clients i mean i bet you the parents
1: are paying the strength coach it doesn't sound then does
0: the the club coach Mm -hmm. is he feeding the coach clients yeah i don't know i don't know where the money's coming from so i need to i encourage you to keep that into consideration as well so we we would need i
1: i'll tell you this so when i got approached about coaching high school uh some you know high school offensive line um i actually said hey i'd love to come out and um you know do some power at strength coaching i could definitely do some clinic stuff just to kind of get a a feeling of like how this would necessarily go down uh just because (laughs) i mean with all the stuff that you see going on and like you know uh, with you know social media and coaching and it just man it's a it's turned into a very volatile situation where, you know, uh, you know somebody says something and some kid feels attacked or wronged and all of a sudden now it gets into cancel culture. Uh, shit. As I think back on the things that my high school football coaches said to us, if they had ever been caught on video and repeated, like, uh, fucking people would have been outraged. But that's the outrage thing. Like, how do you motivate offensive linemen? Like, if I were to say, like, uh, I think I told you the one where the guy was uh, coach. My, my brother's coach was like, "You guys, are, you guys are playing pretty nice out there. It's so nice to let you date my sister." Yeah. Like, is That's that the type one. of stuff that gets? I mean, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> is that the type that gets people? I mean, I was there when you know Tom Cable told guy he was going to rip his fucking balls off so he couldn't have children and infect the rest of the population with his uh, like uh, cowardness or cowardliness. Like, not that I would say that to Did a he kid. Do it? No, we were. So nobody no balls him yeah. on the, no balls? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I mean, uh, like that was just shit high school football, co- I mean, a uh, uh, football coaches say, I just wonder in today's thing where everybody's searching to be outraged, everybody's searching, you know, to somehow be victimized and find somebody who's, you're the reason that I'm not having greater success. Uh, you know, like, I mean. Well, it's going to be a long life if well, that's. Uh, fuck, but that's where we're at. Whereas it's probably a lot easier as a coach, like shit, they hired me to go out there and be like, hey, this is how you play offensive line, this is how you do this, and you don't necessarily get into the motivation factor. You provide them the skills, you provide them the direction, and you let them go out. Like if you go out there and you grab a kid by his face mask, and you're like, I need you to fucking get your head out of your ass, and you know, like fucking memorize your plays, or you get on, I mean, I, like I don't even know if that exists anymore.
0: And some kids do that. And I've need had
1: it. and and I've had my face mask grabbed, and I've had I've been motherfucked in my face, and you know, coaches screaming and spitting in your face, and you're just like, you know what? Uh, everybody takes a beat. Everybody gets motherfucked. It's just part of the deal, and prepares you for the rest of life. But unfortunately, you know, parents who never fucking played or forgot what it was like to play are like, oh, this is so awful. We shouldn't treat children this way. And I'm like, okay, if you don't want them to play at the highest level, you know, so it's just. It's, it, it's a different, it's, uh, I, I, I fucking hate the term it's a different time and uh, all this, like, hey, this is how it used to be. Um, but, you know, there's a, a, a blending of this. But at some point, like, you know, uh, not everybody's motivated by positive stuff. Sometimes you need a little fear of God, and especially playing a sport like football. Sometimes you got to fear your coach a little bit to go out and do your fucking job. Well, the important part of that fear is the expectation of execution.
0: Success. So they are holding you to a successful, higher expectation of execution to the best of your abilities, and how they're communicating you're not reaching said expectation can be an MF or it can be a number of other things according but the, the coach, the sport coach would need to read the athlete. A key word I want to pull out here, conflict mediation.
1: Yeah, like I'm I'm wondering what is transpired. With this coach and these athletes, that they feel that they need conflict mediation, like I mean, is that uh, like we used to have conflict mediation in practice? You know what it was called fight, fight. Yeah, like if you were an asshole and we had, <laughs> and we had conflict or, or uh, uh, conflict mediation, it involved us fighting. And yeah. then you know what? Everybody fights, everybody's fine, and then at the end, you just go on. Yeah, it, it's
0: much like a, a hockey game experience. Yeah. Well, for lacrosse anywhere, our coaches let us duke it out until like okay okay you guys work it out now hug it out like get your freaking uh get your energy out then so with the the conflict mediation here i feel this is it's a controlled environment this this is a controlled conflict not imagine you and I are teammates but this is a controlled conflict that forces us to then work together to accomplish a singular goal of our team but guess what when you enter in business in job you're going to have controlled conflicts in which you're working with people you don't enjoy, but you have a common goal of the, the company, the business, the org. And guess what? It can't just be, Oh, they hate me or they, this or that we need to work together. So if, I mean, that's why sports are so important because we're all coming from different backgrounds, experiences, socioeconomic uh, experiences to then come together for the common goal. Sure. So that there is a level of conflict mediation within sports for us to then get to the goal.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, interesting that these kids, high school kids, would even pick up on the term conflict mediation as something their coach wasn't doing. I mean, man, that feels like something that happens with, uh, you know, with the captains and maybe happens in a different space, you know? Well, they, what I fear
0: is things were left unaddressed. And they've built up to this giant resentment. And I fear now for the sport coach to become or feel attacked in this. So I love the point of having the student athletes write out there what they want to yep. say, and then turn that in ahead of time so it does not get away from them. Because, I mean, as the, the teen, the 20, however the hell old they are, this uh, can potentially get more emotional than the sport coach is willing to listen. Yeah. And, and have them be
1: heard. All right. Well, hopefully he takes some of this direction and uh, hits us back with a positive outcome. So, mm-hmm. all right. That's an answer.
0: That is, again, our
1: hotline, John. What Nine, number? If you want to reach out to the Power Athlete hotline, 929-464-464. 929 ing 929-ing-ing-zero. So reach on out. Leave us some questions on the hotline, and we will get them answered. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. Bye. Man, it's
0: now it's time for you to empower your performance. We're